today's guest is Mary Ritz. Thank you for being here today. I'm very excited about it. This is Burn the Ship, um, the podcast that helps entrepreneurs go all in by connecting them with professionals that help them do so. Um, so thank you for being here today. I really do appreciate it. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and a little bit about your business. Okay, great. Bailey, thank you very much for having me. Uh, great to see you in person. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I own a company called Aumenta International. I'm based out of uh, Atlanta, Dunwoody. As you can tell, my accent is different. I speak differently. I don't speak like a Georgian. I was actually born and raised in Zimbabwe. Mm. And in there, um, as, as growing up, I had an affiliation for teaching. I pretended like I was a teacher after school and I have like a hundred kids and just teach. And then later on in life, when I was starting to experiment, you know, transacting, traveling, I did not really like the way that I was treated as a, as a customer. So at the age of 15, I started thinking about how can I be a consultant in customer service and just train these organizations that wanted us to buy from them, but they did not know how to treat us well. And then over the years, going to school, I did a PhD, I did um, an MBA. I was fascinated by the customer. I worked for bigger organizations. Then in South Africa, I started my own business. And it started off as customer service, training and development. But going into the organization, I realized that, wow, it was just not only customer service that was broken. It was also the leadership. They did not know how to support the customer service, the customer service frontline. It was also the team. So hence, the organization Almenta International focuses on three main things in the people element. So I've got a framework that I call the human element framework. I believe organizations function and they're successful because of these three components. One, the customer. Number two, leadership. And number three, the people. So my organization helps organizations manage their customers via customer service, customer experience, customer centricity. And then I look at leadership and help them with their skills, develop teams and develop organizations. And lastly, the team development. So how do I do that, you would ask? I provide training, I provide masterminds, lunch and learns, and consulting as an organization. So that's who Aumenta International is, is a professional and training organization. Sure. When did you come to the U.S.? Whoa, I first came to the United States in 99, mm -hmm. and I did my MBA at High Point University. Oh, cool. And then I went back, and then I fell in love. <laughs> I got back here again in 2014. Oh, cool. I got married to somebody who lives in the United States. Do you States. still do a lot of business internationally? I do. I do, actually. Uh -huh. Cool. So I do a lot of work in Canada. I do a lot of work in Africa. I, uh, I've done work in six African countries in the United States, I've had the privilege of traveling into 15 different states Cool. over the last couple of years. Yeah. Well, it looks like you've been, you know, really what you've been learning about and what you've become an expert in is really understanding that human element framework mm -hmm. is how organizations use their team and their leadership to become obsessed about their customer. So tell me, what does that mean? How, how did you develop that skill? Okay. Great. So... Initially, as a child, I indicated I pretended to be a teacher. 
So the inher- there's something inside of me that just wants to equip and to train other people. That's number one. Number two, the second obsession was the customer. The way that I was treated at 15, I did not feel was right if I was bringing my money to this organization. Sure. So hence, the people framework, I started obsessing about customers. If organizations are in business, they're in business for one thing, profit making and sustainably doing that. And you do that by looking after the customer and ensuring that you acquire, you retain, and then they become your advocate, so to speak. So my organization initially was, you know what, let me help organizations build customer service, customer experience, customer centricity, so that they can be profitable in the long term. But putting pressure only on the front line to look after customers is unfair if leadership is broken, so to speak. So if leadership has got a hostile environment, if leadership don't know how to build effective teams and even equip the front line, then the front line cannot do their work. Hence, the, the leadership frame has to be, or the pillar has to be augmented to support the customer service. And then finally, if the rest of the team is not supporting customer service, then it's not functional. Hence, the when you look at the framework, Bailey, it's actually what I call systems thinking. Everything is connected. Everything is connected so we cannot separate, we cannot isolate. We must make sure that we're looking after our customer, all of us, including leaders and including our team members, so to speak. Sure. So as you develop this skill, you see, you know, what, you know, kind of going back to what you just said about how everything is connected, you're taking this logic and applying it to other areas of your life. As you develop this skill, you know, understanding the customer, understanding the leadership, understanding the team, understanding how those systems and thought processes work to advance a common goal. What impact did that have on your on your day to day life? Oh, wow. It just helps me to understand the reason why. Why are we doing this? So when we are making decisions in the workplace or even at home, we are asking why. What is the impact? What is the impact on the bottom line? For an organization, when we are making decisions, what is the, if you're innovating, for an example, if you're producing this great products, what does that mean for HR? What does that mean for customer service? What does that mean for the leadership? What does it mean for the market? What does it mean at a global perspective? So we start to take our business holistically so that we don't solve problems in isolation. Because if we do solve problems in isolation, it means that the ripple effect we don't really understand. It means the problem becomes what I call stubborn. It becomes persistent because we are not looking at it holistically and solving it from what I call a systemic perspective. Sure. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. So where to the root, you know, of that, what has your why become as you continue to develop these skills? You know, as that's that feeling that was created in you from a customer service perspective at 15, mm-hmm. is that still your driving motivation today? Or do you guys, you know, ha- as you kind of develop this other suite of products in a way to um, advance the goals of some of these other organizations with the resources that you're putting out. Have you found some other shortcomings within business that this type of thought process, this type of application remedies? Yes. So 
to, to answer your first question, I'm still obsessed about customer service. I'm still obsessed about the customer. Everything else that I do supports that notion. Whether the customer believes that's what it is. So when they ask me to come and do leadership, my whole idea is to, to persuade them to see why. To, to persuade, to see them why they're in business in the first place. So customer for me is obsession. That's why we're in business. So in terms of remedying, in terms of seeing the framework work, my argument is whatever we do, whether innovation, whether um, social outreach or community, whatever we do, I believe that the human element framework plays a critical role in advancing our cause, so to speak. Sure. So as you know, our audience is listening to this podcast, all these business owners, these entrepreneurial spirits, how do they develop this skill or how do they reflect on their own leadership teams and customer experience as they sit right now in business? Okay. For me, you got to look at your results. How, how are your results? So are you actually measuring uh, customer service? Are you measuring customer experience? Is your organization a product-centric organization or a customer-centric organization? Do you have that insight? If you have that insight, then you kind of like understand why maybe you're not satisfying your customers. Why are you not retaining your customers? Why don't you have champions as customers? Or your customers, why are they not advocates? Earlier on, we were talking about the customer voice. So are you collecting that customer voice? Are you doing the analytics? And then what are you doing with it, with that information? Then when it comes to the leaders, how are you as a leader creating a customer culture. What does it take for you to build a customer-focused culture? First, yourself, your leadership style. What is it? Are you a command and control kind of like leader? What skills do you need so that you can build your people up? You can motivate them. You can engage them so that they can actually offer great customer service, customer experience. All right. So the leader themselves, they have to be emotionally intelligent. They have to be aware. Are you collecting the feedback that you need from the partners that you work with, the stakeholders and your team? Uh, are they giving you enough feedback? Are you allowing those open discussions or are you penalizing that? All right. Then when you go to the team, the team itself, is it robustic? Are you allowing the team to be creative, to come up with innovative ideas? Can they have great dialogue? Can they challenge each other? Can they actually innovate for the customer's sake? So it becomes very robustic and uh, I mean, it becomes rigorous in nature. I mean, so you want to have these great discussions, but really driven by the customer data. The customer must give you insight so that you can make the necessary adjustments into your organization. Sure. And what do you know? Th what does this process mean for the future of your business? If you're understanding your client, your customer are these entrepreneurs that are experiencing these shortcomings in one of those three areas of the triangle as far as results go. 
What does that mean for you guys? How are you guys interacting with those businesses in order to continue to improve the way that your customers feel about the service that you provide? One thing that we do, Bailey, is um, being a customer-centric myself organization, we, 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 we live by that. We believe that. So we build those relationships with our customers. It's important that we understand our customers' problems, we understand their needs, we understand their desire, their outcome, uh, their desired outcome, right? So it's not necessarily about our products and services. It's understanding what are you looking for so that your business can survive, so that your business can be sustainable. And then we customize our solutions for them. So for us, is really integrating ourselves with our partners, with our customers, so that we become one, we become a strategic partner. So building those relationships, ongoing relationships, um, giving them tips, even if it doesn't mean that they're paying for something, offer them a free lunch and learn, offer them an article on something. We write as well, we develop our own newsletters. So really having those great relationships, listening and customizing their their solutions. Another thing, like COVID, everybody's transitioning right now. So we have to understand where organizations are going. Is it going to be online interactions? Is it going to be face-to-face interactions? Is it going to be hybrid? What are they looking for? Instead of just us pushing our own products, it's understanding their why and their why becoming our why too. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So what, you know, as you're understanding these these customers, what are some differences and similarities in the why of, you know, because I, I understand that the customer, the end user in the United States is probably different than in Africa, probably different than in Europe, probably different than in Asia. What are some similarities and some differences between the way that companies are interacting with their ideal client internationally? Okay, great question. The one thing that I I like to state is that as much as they are different, there are a lot of similarities because, as you can see, globalization has happened. A guy in Zimbabwe can order something from Amazon, right? So they know that experience. So, in fact, what has happened is if somebody's in Tanzania, for an example, and they've experienced something online that is great, they're actually starting to demand it as well in, the, in their local market. So these are, I think, customer service, customer experience is becoming a commodity. You know, people want it. It may move at different phases, but the Internet has made us even closer. The differences there could be the culture, you know, how we say things, how you would approach an older person, so to speak, uh, or a more mature person versus maybe in the United States. It really doesn't matter. But there you have to take care of that culture. You have to understand those nuances around the culture. You know, so it's complex. It's not easy to understand. But as much as there are similarities, there are also parallel opposites, so to speak. The customization is where it comes in. Understanding what they're dealing with in Africa, what their challenges are, and versus what their challenges are in the United States, and then customizing that particular uh, solution to suit that market. Sure. 
What is an example of a company that does that well? And what is an example of a company or like a brand that we have heard of that has done that well? Mm-hmm. And a brand that maybe we haven't heard of that does that well? All right. I need to think here. I can speak to, I won't name the organization um, just to protect them. Sure. All right. They've gone into Africa, a popular brand, and they have acquired a lot of retail shops in Africa. Right. Great as they are here, but that merging and understanding the cultural aspect of it that there is a collective that tends to clash in there. So there's a lot of learning because initially then people would not want to do business. Or even if the leadership were traveling from here, the United States, and wanting to incorporate themselves with the leadership there, there was a lot of friction in there Mm -hmm. because that collective versus the individualistic, and I speak generally here, was a clashing culture. They were both sure. clashing. All right. So in terms of organizations that are doing it well, I want to speak to an organization that I believe is doing it well, that's actually coming from Africa mm-hmm. and doing business in the, United, in, 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 in the sure. United Kingdom and other African countries. I think that organization is aware of the differences and is aware that in diversity, there's actually, we can actually leverage so to speak. So there's an understanding there to say, okay, if we are packaging our organization or our products in Africa in a certain way, most probably in the United Kingdom, we cannot do that. And that brand I can speak to because I'm speaking positively about them. That's the innovative group of organizations that's based out of uh, South Africa and they're in the United Kingdom and they're in six different African countries and they're looking to coming into the United States. Their capability is understanding that the customers are different and customizing and learning and really wanting to learn and understand the different markets, so to speak. Sure. Well, it looks like not only with the skill of understanding that that human element of you know the customer interaction, the leadership interaction, the teamwork interactions, that you've also developed a skill for understanding the culture of a market that you're looking to permeate and not making that culture, you know, abide by your, you know, you're not being culture by force Mm -hmm. um so that's something exciting to me as well as to learn you know as our brand continues to develop as some of the brands of our consumers and listeners continue to develop you know what type of expertise they may be able to to be lent from you um so that's exciting you've given us a ton to think about and a ton of resources as well i wanted to ask just as a personal question you know if you weren't doing this if customer service experience and you pouring your life into that as as an affiliation for a lot of the businesses that are your client, where would you be? What what would you be doing? I know you said that you had this affinity for teaching. So what is that thing that would uh, make you excited to go do in the morning if you weren't going to do what you do now? I'd be teaching again in some capacity because that's it. If I can just elaborate on 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 a concept. Sure. In a customer-centric organization, we don't talk about products and services. We talk about what we call market spaces. Mm -hmm. When we talk about a market space, it means that Mary can go into any market and reimagine herself. So even when I talk about my products, I like to call them, I'm empowering, I am equipping. So I'm not a corporate trainer. 
Sure. I'm a, an empower,er I equip, I encourage, I build. So that's the market space, which means that I can come and do business with you in the way that you want me to do. But what I will do is that I will build you and encourage you in the way that you want. Right. And it may not be training. Therefore, because I'm an equipper, I'm a teacher, I can be a professor. I can teach anywhere. You, you, sure. You follow me? Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So th- that's the customer-centric. And that's a big thing for organizations, not to be identified by your products if you're customer-centric, but to be identified by the desired outcomes of an organization, of the, of the client, I mean, I'm sorry, okay? Which means that you can pivot at any time. So it's easier for somebody to just go and partner with somebody else because you are in the same market space, not defined or limited by your products and services. Sure. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense. I mean, if you're... If you're defined by your products and services, you're only as good as your those products and services where yeah. you don't have the ability to really grow a repertoire of, of the way that you can service people. Exactly. So, yeah, that's exciting to me. I think that that would be, you know, I'm interested in hearing a keynote from you. I really am. Um, one of the things that was really exciting for us from the podcast is that people with speaking experience typically have a lot of structure to the way that they speak. Yeah. Um, so I'm interested in seeing, you know, once you get these opportunities to speak again, what those look like, because... You know, th- this is exciting stuff for these young entrepreneurs is that, you know, we, we want to provide some education. We've done that today and we want to solve a problem. We've given them a resource to you, which is great. But motivating wise, understanding that mindset that you have to put in to run a successful business and understanding your your customer mm-hmm. is riveting. Yeah. You know, like you, you, you said at the beginning is that you have your MBA, you've had your PhD. The only way that you can really learn all those things is massive amounts of data and human interaction Mm -hmm. you know it's like you have to understand people to deliver yourself and your marketing and your business the way that that you're talking about it so you know would you say that step one is accumulate your data you know understand what it is that that you're doing before you even try to align yourself with the market space of your customer yes very important get get that understanding what markets do you want to play in and why? Why do you want to play in that market? Obviously, you bring some expertise in that area, sure. right? So understand the market. Understand your potential customers at that point, right? Who are they? And then understand the competition. Because you don't want to be like them, right? You want to bring a value proposition, which is your differentiator. What is it that you're going to do differently? So I have different things that I have that I use as my differentiators, you know, like customer focus, but everybody talks about that. But I bring in international experience. I bring in the holistic approach. It's end-to-end. It's not solution-based on isolation thinking, experiential learning. Those are the things that I bring in as my value proposition. So for you, as you are starting your business, what is your value proposition? All right. And the other thing that I also would like to say to young entrepreneurs is that as much as you are preparing, you understand uh, your value proposition, you've got a strategy, you understand your customers, you've got a product and you're excited about it. Great. But I always say, build your wings as you go up. Right. All right. It's not going to be picture perfect. All right. Just jump in there and make the necessary tweaks as possible. This is where the MBA and the PhD don't really prepare you. 
Because as you come out as an MBA or as a PhD and you've got this great idea, you think it's just going to go straight and narrow, right? Not really. So as you have prepared, be willing to be challenged and to change and to pivot. Okay. Sure. And that was going to be um, kind of my next question is that burn the ship is the title of our podcast. And what that is, have you heard the illusion burn the ship before? No, no, it's my first time. So the Spanish conquistadors landed in South America to conquer the Aztecs, Mayan empires of South America. Right. Well, what they tell their people when they approach those shores is, well, now that we're on land, burn the ship. We are here. You know, we're, we're going to figure it out here. Or we're going to die. Business is a lot of that. Yeah. You know, business is that you have to really jump, jump in. You have to do it. You have to take a shot. What has burned the ship, you know, burning the ship and really diving all in done for your business? And why should people that are listening to this podcast do it as well? Whoa. Then you don't have any options if you burn your ship, right? So you're in. Your heart is in. You're going to exhaust everything. To me, it's the most rewarding thing to do. To go in sometimes, even with a bit of arrog- uh, with a bit of ignorance, so to speak, you think you're gonna conquer this thing today, but you won't. I remember Bailey, somebody when I started the business in South Africa, somebody says, "Oh, it's gonna get, it's gonna be five years before you really fly." I'm like, "No, you're joking. I'm gonna get this thing right." Oh yeah, they were right. <laughs> but what it has, ha- what has happened, or I have developed resilience. I have pivoted. I have developed relationships that I thought I would never develop. I have, in fact, you develop muscle power. And that's part of life. But you're just doing it for something that you love and that's something that you believe in. I truly believe that the human element is the key to any organization's success. And you're obsessed about it and you believe it. There's nothing that can take that away from you. So burn that ship. Burn it. <laughs> How do people find you if they want to have a conversation with you? All right. They can uh, find me on my website, www.aumentorinternational.com. They can email me, mary.ritz at aumentorinternational.net. Tricky there. <laughs> and then if they wish, they can find me on LinkedIn, Mary Ritz PhD. And they can also call me, 407-572-2355. Cool. Thank you. We, um, you know, I believe in, in exactly what you're saying as well. You know, customer centric, customer focused companies are, you know, the, they have the highest ceiling, you know, is that you're talking about, it's going to take you time to fly, but I mean, once you can fly, you can fly as high as you want, Yes. you know, so we want to help some people get there. I hope to take some people in our network and introduce you to them and, and see what kind of magic you guys can create. Wonderful. Thanks Thank a you. lot, Bailey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right.